0: Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father, and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Great to be here this morning. Normally I'm I'm looking for a shady spot. But this morning is not necessary, and uh, <laughs> hope you guys are all comfortable. Um, what a privilege, and what a blessing to be together on this significant weekend. And uh, yeah, and yeah, I, I was chatting with the children on Friday. and We were just talking through uh, the reality of what Jesus um, has done for us, and. I just we we spoke through the the timeline, and I was asking them what happened when, and and we looked at what Christ endured, and uh, it was just a again to see even the you know in own hearts. Even as just talking about it, we you know Abigail when she got really upset <laughs> just with the reality of what Christ endured for us, and the smaller ones were you know kind of wrestling with what what should we do you know how do we we respond to this um but it was so precious just to work through it with him and yeah i just want us to actually start with that this 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 morning let's just pray as we get into the word hallelujah lord we we're so thankful for this day Thank you that we are able to enjoy enjoy your presence in this place, Lord. Thank you that you are, Lord. You have opened this new and living way for us, Lord. You have made this new and living way for us through the blood of Jesus, that we are able to know your presence, that we are able to enjoy your presence, Lord, that we are able to enjoy intimacy with you, Lord. Yeah, so we consecrate this time to you, and we thank you for your word, and we pray that you would speak into every heart. And I thank you, Lord, yeah, that you make us and you mould us and you transform us into the image of Christ, God, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I'm going to read from Matthew 27. So part there, and we're going to look at a couple of things. Around that. From verse 45. <clears throat> now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, this, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But others said, wait, let's see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened. Many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, Keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place. They were filled with awe and said, "Truly, this was the Son of God." We see this—you um, this, know—this build-up to this moment over days, uh, and uh, if one looks at the timeline, it, it exactly coincides with the timeline of the, the feast that was happening at that point in Jerusalem. You know, the feast of they were remembering. Um, the Passover Lamb they're remembering how the lord re- um, freed the nation of israel out of out of slavery out of Egypt, and the timeline exactly the same. The Lamb was scrutinized, they found the perfect lamb and it was so, you know, when Jesus came into Jerusalem, he was celebrated as as the King as the Messiah you know, and then you know this kind of him being identified as the perfect lamb and then and then this whole timeline kind of coincides with the timeline. And just at the time where the priests were, were slaughtering the lambs of, to celebrate the Passover, it was at the exact time when Jesus died the new Passover lamb, the perfect Passover lamb. And, uh, and I wanted just to quickly reflect a little bit on what, on what he endured and just kind of the, the, that ends with him dying there on the cross. Um, I'm just going to quickly run through this list, uh, mention a few scripture references here. And if, firstly, he was obviously arrested. He was bound, hands tied behind his back, back. must have been for hours. Spent the entire night standing trial, uh, first before the Sanhedrin. Um, he was not only a victim of lies and ridicule, he was spat upon, blindfolded, slugged, slapped by uh, well, the members of the Sanhedrin. Then the guards took him and beat him, uh, Matthew 14, around 65, in the morning... Jesus was tried before Roman authorities, um, the purpose of gaining his death sentence. During a series of trials, Jesus was again mocked, taunted as an impostor. Uh, they put the th- crown of thorns on his head, tw- pressed it into his skull. Into his skull, um, his brow was punctured by the thorns. They repeatedly struck Jesus by, with a staff, and they again spat on him. Mark chapter 15. Um, he must have been by that time. His face must have been swollen up, eyes blackened, nose bloodied by the abuse of Roman soldiers. They were obviously anxious to punish, punish an insurrectionist. Then Pilate ordered Jesus to be flogged. Uh, early historians assert that this scourging was the most dreaded punishment. Uh, was a most dreaded, dreaded punishment. Bits of lead and stone made the whip a brutal lashing instrument of terror. Ripping a man's back and legs to, to shreds, occasionally even tearing out an eye or slicing open an ear. And Jesus was led to a sh- to the, uh, like a sheep to the slaughter. So he endured all of this. And after all of this, um, he then had to carry the cross um, up to, to Golgotha, up to the place of crucifixion. He stumbled and fell a couple of times until, until a point where he couldn't get up anymore and he had to get help. So we look through all of this, um, and then just to briefly look at the crucifixion itself. It was so horrible, some study Bibles refer to that only slaves and the basest of criminals, offenders, not Roman citizens, were executed in this manner. We can't even imagine the, the horror of, of, of dying in this way. Um, naked, suspended, up above. Every breath must have been a struggle. Every moment must have produced a, a lot of pain. Uh, he suffered the cruel and humane torture of crucifixion for an agonizing six, about six hours, uh, before he died. Um, there's an ancient letter that uh, was found that suggests that when Mary, Jesus' mother, was escorted to the crucifixion, she looked up at the three crosses and asked, "Which one is he?" Um, the chances are very good that Jesus may have been beaten beyond recognition. Beaten beyond recognition. Prophet Isaiah predicted that many would be appalled at him. His appearance, according to Isaiah 52, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man. That his form and his form marred beyond human likeness. So we see this this build up and this um, all of this. You know, even when one reads through this, you know, it just it's kind of a visceral reaction that he endured all of this for the sake of humanity. And, you know, we, with the children, we spoke also about Gethsemane and him wrestling with the Father, saying, Lord, is there any other way? Is there a way we can do this? Is there a different way we can do this? And realizing that this is what he, this is what he was, gonna, was he about to do was such a hectic thing. And then him actually just yielding to the will of the Father and saying, Lord, Lord your will be done, not my will and then and then stepping up and enduring this, uh, so that on behalf of all of humanity. But um, now I just want us to, for a moment, put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples. Um, all of this suddenly happening, you know, when Jesus was arrested, uh, the guys were panicking, what's going on? We've, had, we've read, you know, they've read the prophecies, they've engaged with uh, the promises in the scripture. And they must have come to a point where they recognize this that was written in scripture, this that we have learned from young age, this is the Christ. This is him. This is, right, this is happening right now. You know, the excitement of, my goodness, this is the Messiah. And then um, the buildup and the, the excitement of, okay, Jesus is going to reign, he's going to be king. He's going to redeem us. He's going to set us free from Roman oppression, you know, that kind of build up to, wow, this is real. This is no this is no imposter. This is the real thing. This is the Son of God. Um, and then, you know, the, the guys come to arrest Jesus. And, and I remember just before that, uh, a while before that, Peter actually said, no, there's no way he's going to allow Jesus to suffer in, in all, you know, isn't <laughs> And Jesus was telling them how he's going to suffer. Now. And Peter says, not going to happen. You no, know? you know, not going to happen. And then we see the guys coming to arrest him. And Peter whips out his sword. And he, he's like, this, this, this is not the plan. This can't work like this. You know." And he chops the one guy's ear off. And, and Jesus kind of just calms him down and said, this is not ours." And he puts the ear back. And Jesus uh, hands himself over. And, he's, and the disciples must have been panicking at this point. What is going on? This is not what they thought was going to happen. This is not what they envisaged. Um, you know, their hopes of, of being free from Roman oppression is like, what's, this is all falling apart right now in front of their eyes. Devastated, hopes dashed. All of the kind of what they've been, the last couple of, the last three years been building up, and now this is this massive um, you know, for let down, um, they must have been confused, they must have been very afraid, they must have been afraid of also being implicated and then at, you know at the point of jesus death, it was apparently only John was physically there, but the others were very afraid, confused. I think they must have been afraid of their own lives, maybe they will be implicated, maybe they also receive some sort of punishment. Um, all this hope of, can this, is this the, re, the, the Messiah, this is the Messiah, now in pieces. Um, and what I want to get to is that if, if that was the end of the story, then we would have been in a similar situation. Don't you agree that if that was the end of the story, then, then the death of Christ would be like, what was this all for? how does this all fit together? It would have been like a, a head scratch. What, why did Jesus actually die like this? Why did he have to endure all of this? It would have left us confused and um, discouraged. It would, have, it would have kind of been, what is this? how does this fit in? What does this mean? It would have had us ask, is he really the Son of God? It would have asked questions question about his life. What is, did, did those miracles really happen? Those things he said, were, were they actually real? Were they actually significant? It would have, you know, it would have, I'd have asked the question, was he the son of God or was he just this historical figure? Was he maybe just a, a good man, a prophet, good teacher? We would have been in, in exactly that space where the disciples were at. In fact, there wouldn't have been a New Testament if the story ended there. Amen. I want to read this quote by Jay Parnell. He says, If Jesus is still in the grave, then all the significance drawn from his death is a pathetic while wishing But on the other hand, if Jesus is alive, then his inextinguishable life confirms that his death really did something. The resurrection means that Jesus' death served a purpose he now will see to its maximal success. And therefore, the resurrection is the foundation to how the death of Jesus can impact our lives. If, if it wasn't for the resurrection, all of that would have left us in just fear and confusion and chaos. But because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because he not only died, but he rose from the dead, it, it, it changes absolutely everything. The resurrection means that it gives the most, it gives significance and truth and confirmation to everything that Jesus lived and died for. And you see that because of the resurrection, it it absolutely means that it, from something that could have been just a weird, insignificant meaning, the resurrection makes it the most significant event in the, all of history. The resurrection of Christ lends, lends um, weight and truth to everything Jesus was, was about. His whole life, everything He said, everything He did, is underlined and scored and, and thrust into significance by the fact that he rose from the dead. He did not only die, but he rose from the dead. It gives this this crazy moment, it gives it the fact that he actually rose, the fact that many saw him and many were witnesses to this resurrection and, and many more saw him ascend to, into heaven after he was raised from the dead. Means that what he, whole life and death cannot cannot just be ignored. The fact that he rose from the fact of the dead means that it can't be ignored. It, it, can't, it can't be made off to be just another historical figure. Even the, even the person of Jesus is such that he doesn't give us a, that option to say he was just a good man or a good teacher. The thing is, if you know he he doesn't leave us that option he claimed to be the son of god and then he rose from the dead <laughs> which means he doesn't leave us the option of no comment or i'm neutral on this one he requires a response from us amen he this resurrection impacts all of humanity it includes all of humanity, but it also very personally impacts each one of us as individuals. And I want to encourage you this morning. I, I know sometimes when we listen to this and we, we process this around this time of year specifically, it's, it's, it can be happen that it's, it's almost a bit far off. It's like it, this is a special day and we remember something. But I want to, I want to really encourage you to make it very personal today. The way we remember the cross, the way we remember and we celebrate the resurrection of Christ, make it personal. Amen? It impacts each one of us personally in a very, very significant way. (coughs) I want to read from Acts chapter 2. This is... uh, Obviously now after the death and the resurrection, after the ascension of Christ, and then after the disciples waited in the upper room for the promise of the Father for the Holy Spirit to come. And um, and this is Peter's first sermon. So they the, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon all of them as they were in the in the upper room. And um again this is uh because of the resurrection of Christ. This is the next massive significant moment where the, the power of the Spirit comes upon each person up there in that room, and then they start speaking in tongues, they start speaking different languages, they start prophesying, and the people around them realizing what's going on here, what, this is weird, and, and then Peter gets up, the same Peter that was running for his life, the same Peter that, that denied Christ three times, the same Peter that wouldn't just said, no, I don't know this guy. Just leave me alone. I'm yeah, just literally just afraid, um, confused. The Saint Peter, power, you know, filled with the power of the Spirit, he gets up and he preaches this first sermon of the church in the New Testament. Um, please go and read it, the whole thing. I'm just going to read the, uh, a bit here. <clears throat> verse 30, for Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 30 it says, Being therefore a prophet, referring to David, knowing that God has sworn an, with an oath to him, that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Excuse me. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing, talking about what they were experiencing. For David did not ascend into heavens, but he himself says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucify. So he's not pulling any punches. He's saying, guys, you crucified Jesus. And this is who he was. And he says, this is, he's made, God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. And then next verse, verse 37, he says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? What, what shall we do? What they just heard left them without the option to do nothing. They realized what they just heard changes everything. What they just heard means that they have to respond in some way. They say, what, what should we do? What is, what, how can we respond to this? Because this requires us to respond. This that we just heard, the fact that Jesus died for us, that he is in fact the Messiah and that he rose from the dead, means that we, we, we have to respond to this. And they stood there in awe, and they, and they realized that the, the conviction cut them to the heart, and they said, what shall we do? And Peter responded says, um, you know, he explains to them what they should do. They, they put their faith in Christ. They were baptized. Repent of your sins, be baptized. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. But can you see how this powerful, this is the first time the gospel was preached after the, you know, when the, after the power of the Holy Spirit came. And immediately they realized that no response is not an option. We, we have, what shall we do? They, they heard that this Christ was in, in fact the Messiah, that Jesus was in fact the anointed one, the Son of God, that yes, he was crucified, but he rose from the dead. And at that point, Peter could say this with such boldness because he saw with his own eyes the, the, the resurrected Christ. He said, we were witnesses of this. This is not a story. This is not a fairy tale. This is not something that maybe there are rumors somewhere. This is something we saw with our own eyes. And the guys that stood listening realized this, is, this requires us to respond. In a similar way, I believe, even today, the cross and the resurrection leaves us in a place where we cannot not respond. <laughs> um, no comment or no response is also a response in itself. The, the story of the gospel the the account of the gospel is, is is something that it cannot be read just for entertainment. it cannot be read just as a in, in a bystander looking in draws us in it includes us it invites us to become part of a a miracle that happened. when we read the account of the gospel it it doesn't leave us to a place where we can just say that's nice that's an interesting story because it it includes every Every person, amen? And it, it draws us in and it invites us to become a part of what happened. You know, when we read the, the account of the gospel, um, it it um, it comes to, you know, you come to a point when you read it and we realize we're not only being spoken about, <laughs> but we are being spoken to when we read the account of the gospel. You know, um, there 's this guy that did this they called it what did they call it a sermon jam or this uh, <laughs> where they do this rhyme sermon thing, and uh, he spoke about Barabbas, the uh, murderer and criminal that was set free where when Pontius Pilate gave the crowds the option would do you want Jesus to be set free or do you want Barabbas to be set free and they chose Barabbas, who was clearly guilty, Jesus was found not guilty. They couldn't find any fault. Pilate said, I can't fault, find any fault with him. <laughs> and they, they chose Barabbas. And yet, I don't know about you, but there's a point when you, when you read about that and you feel this is wrong. This is, this is not right. Barabbas is the, he's the guilty one. He's a murderer. He's, he's all, it's, he'd been found guilty. It's clear. Why, why, why did they choose him to be free? You know, this, this weird character is... He's clearly a bad guy, he's sinful, he's clearly a murderer, there's no doubt. And there's this thing in us that feels, this is wrong, this shouldn't be like this. And where does this character come from anyway? Who's this Barabbas guy, in any case? And then when we look closely, we realize, that's me. He represents me. Because he was set free. Being guilty. And Jesus took his place. So Barabbas isn't just a random guy. He represents us. It's you and me. We were clearly guilty. Yet we were freed when Jesus took our punishment. You know, so this account of the gospel, this it includes us, and, and, and we realize that we are, we are absolutely part of this. My, cr- my sin just as much put Christ on the cross as anything else. My sin and, and my, uh, my sinfulness has nailed Christ to the cross just as anybody else's has. So as we observe, as we read this account... Um, you know, as a, as a listener to the stories, we're invited not to merely listen, but to participate. We're lighted, we enlightened, not to merely listen, but to believe and to participate in the in the wonder of the miracle that happened when Jesus not only died, but when he rose from the dead. So, as we as we close, I want to. could we hand out the elements of the communion? We're gonna just um, take communion together as we do that, um, just in these few moments, I want you just to, for a moment to reflect, just before we pray. Where are you at? Where, are, where am I at today? What is my response to the resurrection of Jesus? What is my response to the fact that His resurrection means that everything He said, everything He did, His whole life and His death and the way that He suffered and what He endured has a very, very significant impact on my life personally. What is my response to that? As we're busy handing out the elements, um, I believe that maybe there's some of us here that have never engaged in a personal level. Maybe we haven't engaged and maybe we haven't responded. I believe there's a very real invitation from the Father this morning to choose to respond to choose to soften our hearts to choose to recognize the significance of what Christ had done to recognize that that his death and resurrection has a very personal impact thanks thanks ladies um yeah, well, I believe um, just to reflect. What is my response in a way that is it? Is it something that now and again I realize, wow, oh, that was really awesome. It's like a distant memory. It's like a, a thing that we're really thankful for, but it's it's sometimes at a distance, or is it a daily reality? the resurrection of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus. Is it a daily reality to the point that we live from that place of resurrection power daily? Or is it something that now and again we realize, oh, you know what? We pray in the name of Jesus because of this and this, and he's done all of this on the cross for us. Or is it a daily reality? Guys, I'm preaching it myself right now as well. Is it a daily reality? Are we living from the place of The understanding that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for every single soul. The 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 reality that the, the resurrection that power that Christ has poured out is for each one. Resurrection power. That same power, the same spirit that rose from the that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us and through us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Are we living in that reality? And I believe this morning there's an invitation from the Father for us to take a moment to, to just yield to Him again. <laughs> or even for the first time to yield to Him. Lord, I, I am not able to live with, outside of the reality of the cross. There is no life outside of the reality of what Jesus has paid for me, what He has done for me. The fact that He rose from the dead. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Yeah, just as we as we reflect on this, I thank you, Lord. Yeah, yo, we pray. I pray that each one, Lord, yo, Lord, that you minister to every heart in this place. And as we just spend one or two moments in quiet, I just wanted you to reflect. And to to respond in your heart maybe a soft prayer but to respond to the cross to respond to the fact that Jesus did not only die but he rose from the dead to yield in your heart to him if you've never yielded if you've never engaged with God about this way that he has demonstrated his love for you by sending Jesus to the cross, by paying this highest price. Right now, I believe the Father is inviting you to respond. He has demonstrated his love for you. This extravagant demonstration of love that we cannot fathom, he's demonstrated his love for for all of humanity, but for each one of us very specifically, very personally. And he said, I love you. And I, I gave my son in your place. If you've never responded to that, I, I want to invite you right now to respond to, to the Father. Say, Lord, here I am. I'm sinful. I need a Savior. Forgive me. Deliver me from sin and death. I choose to follow you. I choose to lay down my life. I choose to take up my cross. I choose to believe, to put my faith in Jesus. I choose to believe that he died for me. That Jesus is the son of God. I choose to believe that God raised him from the dead. I choose to believe that this is the, the basis. This is the foundation of the, every, the very life that we live. I choose to, to be a part of the miracle. And I thank you, Lord, that you love me. That you did this so that I can know you, Lord. Yes, Lord, as we, as we take these elements of the communion, Lord, we thank you. Even that last time when you had supper with the disciples, Lord, when you said, do this in remembrance of me, do this as often as you, as you eat together. So this morning, it is such a privilege for us, Lord, to take this bread as a symbol of your body. <clears throat> Your body that was absolutely broken and destroyed for us, Lord, that endured what we cannot even imagine. So that we may have life, Lord, so that we may know health, so that we may know fullness of life, Lord. We thank you that the broken body of Christ means that you have made provision for every imaginable need, Lord. Imaginable need that we may have, Lord, on a physical level, emotionally relationally, on every single level, you have made provision in abundance. And with this morning, we receive that provision and we celebrate the broken body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the cross. We thank you, Lord, for the resurrection. And we thank you, Lord, that as we take this bread, we receive that provision and we receive that victory. And we thank you for resurrection power in our lives and through our lives in the name of Jesus. Let's eat together. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. The blood speaks of life. No blood of any animal could have paid this price, Lord. No other, no human could have paid this price. No fallible man could have, no thousand deaths of normal humans could have paid for the sins of one man, Lord. But you, Lord Jesus, perfect without sin, you are the perfect lamb, the only perfect sacrifice. Thank you for your blood. As we take this juice, we remember your sacrifice, Lord, and we thank you for life. We thank you that you broke every curse. thank you that you destroyed every yoke. We thank you that you Cancel any assignment of the enemy, Lord. That you won the victory on the cross over sin and death. It says that death, where is your sting? There's no more victory in the grave because you have won the victory, Lord. We celebrate that this morning. We thank you, that yeah, that this is not a far off. This is a very personal thing for each one of us here. And we thank you, Lord, that we, as we take part now and we remember the blood of Christ. We thank you that. We, We can do this with joy in our hearts. And we celebrate the fact that your blood was shed for us. And we celebrate the fact that you rose from the dead in Jesus' name. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we we humbly ask, Lord, that you would stir in our hearts a hunger and a thirst for the fullness of the, the resurrection power of Christ in our lives. Lord, that we realize that this, your death, your suffering, and your resurrection demands a response of us, not once a year, not now and again, but a daily response in the way that we relate to you, in the way that we carry your light into a dying world, into dark places. Lord, in the way that we carry your presence. Lord, that we would daily live from a place of a revelation, of the power of the cross, the power of your resurrection, in and through our lives, in Jesus' name. Thank you that you did not leave us orphans, Lord, that you empowered us by your Spirit, the help of the Baracletus. And we thank you, Lord, that by the power of your Spirit, you've, and by the love of God that you poured into our hearts by your Spirit, Lord, that we can carry this message into every situation, that we can carry this power of your resurrection. The power of the cross, the victory of the cross into every situation. Knowing that it is for each one, for each one we encounter it is included in this miracle. So Lord, we we thank you and we pray, Lord, that we would leave this place changed. That we would leave this place with a greater revelation of who you are and what you've done. Thank you that you go with us, Lord, and we pray that even as we go into this rest of this long weekend and the weeks to come, Lord, let your kingdom come in and through our lives, Lord. Let your name be glorified and let the power of the gospel and the power of your resurrection have its full impact in and through our lives for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to really encourage you if you um just to take a moment not to rush off to have coffee immediately, but to maybe just sit for a moment and to and reflect. If you want to pray with somebody next to you, maybe there's somebody that you are praying for that you're trusting that they would also respond to the gospel, to the you know, to be saved. Maybe just take a moment to bring them before the Lord with Pray with somebody next to you. Um, if you feel specifically you want to respond and pray with me, please come to the front. If you have any other prayer need, whatever it may be, it will be my privilege to pray with you. Um, or you can just ask somebody next to you to pray with you. But yeah, thanks so much for joining us this morning.